0: The Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish.
1: Yes, Robert Gerrish here, founder of Flying Solo, co-author of the bestseller of the same name, author of The One Minute Commute, available in all good bookshops and as an audiobook, and host of the new Rekindle podcast. Now, before I introduce our guests, let me tell you about Flying Solo's premium membership. There's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and to ensure you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a full page listing in the directory, entry to a private discussion group, access to a library of over 80 how-to videos, a copy of the Flying Solo book, and much more, all for just $99. Head to the join page to find out more. Now, my guest today is Pauline Wynn, one of the owners of the well-known Red Lantern restaurant in Sydney. Red Lantern recently celebrated 17 years in business and remains the most awarded Vietnamese restaurant in the world. Pauline is a past winner of the Australian Telstra Business Awards, And alongside her restaurant and her role as a parent of two young children, she's a speaker, life coach, mentor, and has just published The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur, The Seven Secrets to Becoming Fearless, Stress-Free, and unshakable in Business and in Life. So welcome, Pauline. Thank you so much for spending time with the Flying Solo community.
2: It is my joy to be here. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone.
1: <laughs> Great. Now, look, I know that you're um, you're a firm believer that happiness alone doesn't cut it. You know, it's not a viable business strategy. I think that's true to say. Instead, you advocate that calm courage, I think that's the phrase you use, calm courage, is what we need in order to overcome the natural challenges of life and business. So, Why don't we start there? How would you define calm courage?
2: I would define calm courage as being all-powerful. When we are stressed, stress makes us stupid. (laughs) Stress makes us stupid. Stress Mm. is the achiever's word for fear. And we cannot let fear determine our future. And so I have so many clients who come to me at a stage in their life when because we've been told, you know we've, we've it's the pursuit of happiness we've got to be happy pauline i'm not happy what's wrong with me mm. what's wrong with me and uh, so you're not meant to be happy 24 7 you're meant to experience the full gamut of emotions how else will we grow mm, that's, that's, how, how 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 else will we evolve
1: that's a good point i, I mean I've, i i i totally agree with you and i do feel that the um The happiness industry has, has, if there is such a thing, um, has a bit to answer for. It's kind of selling us false promises, do you think?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's not about the pursuit of happiness, Rob. It's the happiness in the pursuit. Mm. Finding happiness in the pursuit. Mm. And so um, when, um, when, when fear comes, when a crisis comes, we have to see it for what it is. So the new book, um, the way of the spiritual entrepreneur, the seven secrets to becoming fearless, stress-free, and unshakable in business and in life, really shines a light on this whole happiness industry as well, right? Yeah. Because um, happiness is not going to solve our business
1: problems. Mm. No, that's a good happiness point. Happiness
2: is not going to solve our, our life problems. But fearlessness, understanding the purpose of fear, understanding that fear and crisis is a cue for change.
3: mm.
2: It's a function of evolution. And so when we understand that, we can go to the next step and see that fear is an illusion. But then how do we understand how our psychology works, how our biology works, so that we can understand the function of stress so that we can master it and so that we can stress less?
1: Mm. right okay. interesting look I'm going to we'll let's we're going to pull that apart in a few moments What what I'd like to understand is do, have you always thought of yourself as a spiritual entrepreneur or have you after sort of 14 years in a successful growing you know, sorry 17 years growing a successful business have you at some point stopped and looked back and gone you know what what I am is a spiritual entrepreneur. Have you, or have you had that coursing through your veins all the time, or have you? Uh, how did that sort of process work with you?
2: And so, one of the first things I, I would like to emphasize is um, to not be afraid of the word spiritual. Uh, I remember when I first started my speaking career, some three or four years ago, uh, I was determined to have. Um, you know, a title is a title, but it, it also is uh, your your life is a reflection of how you feel and mm-hmm. who you are. And when we are spiritual, it simply means that we are in spirit. Right. When we are in spirit, we are inspired, inspired to do our best work. And I remember when I first started uh, talking about spirituality and wanting to enter the speaking scene, um, I had so many Friends and, and, and advisors, don't use the word spiritual, nice. uh, people are going to laugh at you. you know? uh, the entrepreneurs don't want to use that word, the, the corporate people will laugh at work. But it's true, people are always scared of what they don't understand. Mm. But I know where the collective consciousness is going. I know where um, what gives people less stress, less suffering. Uh, fear, uh, fear, fear is inevitable fear is inevitable, but suffering is the choice, and so I grew up in um, a very violent violent environment mm-hmm. uh, my my family and I are boat people. We escaped Vietnam just after the war. Uh, we spent nine days out at sea Gosh. and then a very a very difficult year in a Thai refugee camp and that's where my mother gave birth to my um, younger brother Luke who's now a world famous chef. <laughs> um, we came to Australia in uh, 1978, and my father suffered terribly from PTSD.
3: Right.
2: So he'd fought in a war, uh, decided when Saigon fell that he had no choice uh, for himself and his family but to build a boat and smuggle him and, and smuggle us out. Yeah. And uh, it's a big thing, right? It mm. was determined that if we died, we would all die together because anything would be better than living under the oppression of the communist regime. Mm. And so having done all of that escaped, spent uh, a very humiliating and difficult time uh, in the refugee camp, and then coming to Australia with nothing,
3: Mm.
2: nothing. He didn't know the laws, the language or the systems, but having to support a wife with three young children and a brand new baby, or two young children and a brand new baby, he had no choice but to succeed. And so this, um, he was like a faulty pressure cooker, and uh, soon he had nowhere to dump his anger, and he soon dumped it on us and dumped it on my mother. Gosh, and um, and so growing up was a very very violent upbringing. And I started working when I was seven. I worked in the family business. We had a restaurant. My father had an ice cream parlor. We had uh, a, a cafe. He was Cabramatta's very first barista. We had Cabramatta's <laughs> very first ice cream parlor. He also operated a driving school on the side, and us kids provided the child labour. So we we were we had a very strict Work ethic instilled into us at a very young age, and because of all the violence, as well, emotionally, mentally, physically, we were strong, we mm. had to be strong, but spiritually, we were a mess.
1: But so, and was that that's interesting because that was not what I, I, the last piece was not what I thought you were going to say, I thought you were leading to perhaps when you were alone when you were in your own space you you that's where your spirituality kind of came from but actually it seems not it seems that that such was the influence of all those external factors that as you just said your spirit was in a mess so how did you i mean and maybe this is not that easy to put into words but how did you turn that around
2: well um, I, I, um, correct me if I'm, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I heard perhaps that, um, uh, spirituality can be mistaken as religion. Uh, spirituality has nothing to do with religion.
3: Mm-hmm. Sure. There,
2: there, there, was no, uh, religious connotations in, in my, my spiritual discovering. Um, I believe that it is religion that needs spirituality. hmm especially okay, in- no
1: I, I totally i'm with you there 100 percent. but so yeah. where did you you say your 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 spirituality was you know was was not in a good state how yeah. did you turn that around
2: i ran away from home <laughs> okay I, I ran away from home at 17 I, I brought a lot of humiliation and uh i, I I destroyed my parents, of course, not only in the fact that their only daughter had run away, mm. uh, also the, the, the status that they had in the community, how it went against every fiber of, of what they believed and in, in their culture. But it was something that I had to do every night. I would, uh, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way than this. And, and that's when I started to discover my spirit. I, I was in hiding for about five years. I put myself through university. I was determined to prove my father wrong. I was determined to not become a loser, to not become um, a drug addict, to not become a a, a sex worker. Um, And, and I, I put myself through university. I worked so hard in the hospitality. I worked in some of the best restaurants in, in, in Sydney under the tutelage of um, the, the best sommeliers and, and chefs. And so uh, while I was at university, I did BA Communications um, at UTS. Mm-hmm. Um, and um we had to get good grades. It was literally beaten into us as as children, so I got good marks to to go into university and i I worked at the same time and so I discovered my spirit and so back to your question, it was I grew up at, in, in my early adult life, realizing that I was just as angry as my father Wow, just as angry as my father. you see trauma has a way of passing down the generations. Mm,
1: so trauma,
2: trauma that is not um, managed, is not dealt with, passes down the generations. And so I grew up with so many um, uh, masks, and so so much armor that i became heavy and weighed down mm. i had to protect myself after leaving home i had to protect myself as not only a, a woman but an asian woman and a short asian woman too <laughs> so <laughs> there was all these there was all these masks and all these layers and it was only when i Knew that there had to be a better way because in order to respond to life's challenges head on, we have to come from a higher mind. Mm. I knew there had to be a better way, and and under, and accepting that that we need to have a new way of thinking and a new way of being, and I found my spirit again. Mm. I found my
1: spirit. Listen, uh, let me just i'll ask you a question there and thank you so much for being so open and and talking about uh your childhood and your experience and and clearly the the horrors that you've been through the challenges that you that you as an individual and your family went through has to i'm sure a large extent defined who you are today But when you, now here you are, you're successful, you have a good business, you're based in Sydney, you have children of your own, do you, to what extent do you ever look, not necessarily at your own children, but at other businesses, do you ever get a feeling, gosh, you don't know how easy you've got it, you need to, you know, do you ever feel, you need to have gone through a little bit of what I've gone through? I mean, do you think we all need to toughen up a bit?
2: Absolutely, we all need to toughen up. But when, as you go through the levels of development, if we look, uh, and and when I say we look down, please understand, I don't mean that as a condescending way. When I mean that as as the the levels of development before us, when we look at the levels of development, looking down at the levels of development, and we see someone who is in the position that we were in, And we either berate them or we chastise them or we speak unkindly to them. It means that we have yet to come to terms with where we were and who we were. Mm. But when we can look down at someone who reminds us of ourselves however long ago and we look down at them with nothing but compassion and love and gratitude, it means that we have come to terms with who we were or the mistakes we made, how far we have come. And so we also understand with compassion, which is very different to empathy. I don't do empathy. I do a whole lot of compassion. <laughs> when we look down at someone, we understand that their journey is their journey.
3: Mm.
2: And so we, we, we say, I've, I've been through this. Um, I, I've, I've written in the, the book what works for me. What works for me? And these are the tools that I offer you if you are ready, Mm. if you are willing. And that's all it is. It it can never be a a force. It can never be a, why don't you do it this way? You shouldn't, you should. And so um, we understand that everyone's journey is their journey. And so as a coach, as a mentor, it's I shine my light on the top of this mountain I don't push anyone because those who are ready, those who are ready will come because mm. who am I, who am I to say that your bankruptcy, your illness, your injury is not going to push you to learn the lessons you need faster than I ever could.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, interesting. So the, let, let me ask you this in your position. Let, let's let's, I know you wear a, a, a variety of hats, um, let's let's look at your coaching hat and let's say that you've someone's seen you speaking they've read your book they've come to you and they're saying pauline i'm in a bit of a pickle my i'm uh, my business isn't going well my business isn't you know it doesn't feel like a successful business where where do you start where do you start to sort of um unpack that scenario
2: i absolutely start by saying i am not a business coach okay there there is no I am not a quick fix business coach. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned time and time again is entrepreneurs and business people don't have business problems. They have personal problems that reflect on their business. Mm. And so when when they realize that, they like, say, Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna come in and fix everything. No. Right. Um, that's not what I'm going to do. And so, first of all, I'm very discerning who I take on as clients Mm -hmm. because there are those who like to be seen to have a coach and a mentor and they will pay good money for it. But their ego tells them, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, And so the first thing I do is um, there's an application form with very skillful questions Mm -hmm. and then I speak with them and if they are still in victim mode if their conversation is blame of others um, then they are not ready for my work and it's okay because i need to be inspired and in spirit too Mm. and so spirituality is about that it's about being in spirit it's about being inspired because We have to think differently, and they're not quite ready to think differently. I had someone um, a little while ago spend some time with me, and they said, oh, my God, Pauline, I thought you were meant to be all spiritual and shit. And I'm like, whoa, what do you mean by that? Hmm. and uh, And he said, "Well, you swear, um, you drink alcohol, uh you eat meat and I, I had a giggle, and i thought well what what's your definition <laughs> absolutely of spiritual? uh what what what's your definition i'm hmm. you know like walking around in monks' robes and hmm. uh, uh, and look, um my definition of spiritual is taking absolute responsibility for where you are today." Mm.
1: Okay, so well, maybe to some extent, that's perhaps our answer, or partially answering the the question I, I want to ask you next. So, you've told me that um, that someone approaching you, you you very rightly set the bar very high, and you and you put people through, uh, you know, a fairly rigorous um, sort of responses to some questions before you'll consider working with them. But so, what what's what would be the ideal? language that you'd hear from someone where you would say you're ready for me
2: it's everyone has a different language everyone has a choice uh in in how they operate as well and so um it would not so much be an ideal language it would be an openness okay uh, i i want to master my thoughts now I want to master my behaviors and my emotions. This is what spirituality is about, about mastering our thoughts, our behaviors and our emotions. Um, uh, I, I would like a different way of doing things. Can Can you please show me a different way of seeing things? Mm. And I never tell them that I am the healer. They are the healer. Right. They are the healer. And so my work um, this morning, I, I started at uh, 6 a.m. and we, we worked. Um, to the sunrise um, there's a whole lot of power in a lot of the nature work that i do as well and we first and foremost um, change their energy and when they change their energy they change their lives um, and nothing happens until they master their energy and understand the energy work first so they they are internal referential right. um, versus being external referential
3: mm,
1: very very interesting indeed so look uh i I, I, saw, I love the way you're responding to these questions, so i 'm going to keep chucking them at you so let's let's put you back with your one of your other hats on, which is your business owner hat right so you've run your business for seventeen years, but I think we'd all probably agree that just because we've run a successful business for seventeen years doesn't mean that year eighteen is going to be easy or year yes. nineteen you know anything can happen. How do you keep yourself um, sort of engaged and invigorated in your own business when you've been running a business for that long?
2: Or how do I keep myself in spirit? Yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, I, Red Lantern is in its 18th year this year right. um, in a very challenging, fickle, and competitive industry. Um, we were one of the first restaurants to introduce um, sustainability, organic produce, um, we believed in something higher than ourselves and the, um, the, the and especially in Sydney as well, we have fallen to our knees many times. Mm. We have fallen to our knees many times. So um, we have not had it easy but we don't stay there. Um, we give ourselves time to see where we've gone wrong, we take absolute responsibility, we treat every season like it is winter. We never rest on our laurels, we treat every season like it is winter. The restaurant industry is a tough gig, but what we Mm. do is we use it as a mothership that feeds our soul, but Luke's uh, feeding his soul with his travel cooking shows, um, his tours, Mark feeds his soul. He's a big socialist, so he's an advocate for sustainability and the ethics of what we eat. And I feed my soul by the writing, the coaching, the mentoring, the speaking. We have bigger missions at play here. Mm. And so at the restaurant, um, I I know what my weaknesses are. I know what my strengths are. I surround myself in my orbit with people who will get me to my destination faster. Mm. So when we're talking about Red Lantern. I have – our staff turnover – it's another thing that I speak about a lot as well. Our staff turnover rate is um, like 10 to 11%. It's so low for any industry, let alone hospitality industry. Mm. Most of our teams stay with us um, six to ten years. We allow them and assist them to also be in spirit, Mm. to be inspired constantly. One of the things we don't do is we don't micromanage. So that our team members treat the place like their own. Because when we micromanage, then my team members are very, very expensive for me. Sure. Um, I, yeah, as a leader, we have to lead by example. But let we me, have to lead by example.
1: Okay, let me ask you a question though. And again, for, for people listening who may or may not be in you know, in retail, in, in, in food service and restaurant or at all, it might be something completely different. But I, that point of, uh, of you don't micromanage, and yet, how? What's the distinction between uh, micromanaging versus, uh, or not? Maybe the distinction is the wrong word. But how do you make it work, whereby you let people have a great deal of autonomy? By the sounds of it, and yet they're still very much within the spirit of your business. How do you how do you manage that aspect? Um,
2: by leading by example. Um, your people will always follow the most cool and calm leader. Hmm. Your people will always, and, and a lot of transparency. Guys, um, we are going through a tough time. Winter is coming, but actual winter, actual, actual winter. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so um, we all need to do things differently. While, while everyone's going one way, uh, we go the other way. Oh. <laughs> we, we do things very differently. Our, our credo at Red Lantern is to uplift the human spirit Mm. Through the alchemy of flavor, hospitality, and heart. Through the alchemy of flavor, hospitality, and art. And, and so, um, so I teach my, my, uh, my team, especially my managers, how they can command their energy so that they can uplift those who come into our restaurant doors. And it's a, it's a um, so we're focusing on a different level of growth, not how many restaurants you have it's the growth in the relationship with your staff the relationship with your customers growth in the breadth and the depth of your the relationship with your suppliers but very very much so the the the, the depth of the relationship with themselves That's and lovely such a beautiful piece to mm. see you know our, our one team member start off as this very unconscious very asleep person and just find their own incredible power mm. and become badass by design
1: yeah and because they're because you give them the environment where they're clearly allowed to do that they can see that they're allowed to do that i think it's beautiful i love the point that you talk about there about leadership and that's such a such an important point where where you were saying that basically that your staff, your your team um, will take the lead based on the, you know, a positive lead based on the sort of calm and sensibility of the business owners. You and know, this
2: is your to your very first question about mm, calm courage.
1: Mm. Calm,
2: calm is contagious. Calm yeah. is contagious. Yes. So is fear.
1: It's so true. And I think of, uh, you know, my son's um, quite grown up now. Um, but I remember when he was a child, I always remember that if, you know, if he fell over or if he, you know, scratched himself, he would always, for a second, he'd look at his parents and he'd go and the look in his eye was, how bad is this? And then if if, if he saw kind of fear and concern in our eyes, then sure, he'd, he'd you know, start screaming. If he saw yeah. that we weren't terribly fussed, then he wasn't terribly fussed you know and that's that is so true in business isn't it and yet how often do we both see do we all see a business that's under some kind of stress where and gosh you see it particularly in cafes and restaurants where you walk in the door and you can feel it the minute you walk in that this is a business that's got some struggles going on and you see a kind of an aura around the business owner that suggests stress and struggle and you know maybe a bit abrupt and a bit sharp and you know detail around the place has kind of dropped off a bit it's it's we it, just pick it up immediately don't you think
2: yeah we, we cannot let fear determine our future mm. i mean at red lantern we we're we're fully booked most nights um and th- we have a very um interesting tasting menu as well and so when you have you know 100 120 140 customers all on this tasting menu, they say that um, commanding um, the, the pass or, or being the chef of a very intense busy kitchen is, is, is like the pressure of an air traffic controller. Mm. And how do you remain cool and calm under pressure is what will define you. And we are always being watched as leaders. We are always being watched. And your people will always follow the most calm and composed leader, not the one in a state of panic or in the state of um, of fear and blame. But then there's also the um, – psychological factor when we're in a state of stress and panic I said earlier stress makes you stupid and and when we're in that fight or float mode we are only using 10% of our mental emotional and and physical capabilities and so when we command our breath when we command calm courage by mastering more of ourselves we have access to more of the other 90% Mm. and and we are in more of a state to solve problems.
1: Mm. Interesting. Listen, I, 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 I'm, we're getting near the end of our of our time here, but I, I just have to ask you. It's a bit of a flippant question, but I, I need to know. Um, when we look at the kind of the celebrity uh, around chefs, you know, which is probably a, a thing of the last decade, you know, we see a lot more focus on the chef. You know, before that, the chef was someone out the back, and we didn't see them very often. And then it's the 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 chef has come to the fore. And through a lot of these TV shows, and I know Red Lantern featured very strongly a, a number of years ago in that regard. How do you view that? Do you think, is that a good thing for the industry? Has is it, is it, is it helped the industry by creating a sense of kind of celebrity around things? How do you view it a few years down the track?
2: <laughs> what does it matter? <laughs> What does it matter i i I think it's a wonderful thing because they've you know these guys are trojans, mm. they are trojans, they are on their feet all day, all day, mm. plus you have to keep your cool, you're under blue light all day and and then there's the other side of 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 why we see so many chefs commit suicide as well Mm. it's a tough gig Mm. having that light shine on you there's there's more pressure but then this this is when we surround ourselves with the right energy when we surround ourselves with the right people and um it's when we have our associations in place um it's a very important thing as well um they deserve the limelight that's mm. what I'm saying. They deserve yeah, okay. it because, boy, they work hard. Yes, they boy, sure do. They
1: yeah. Interesting. Okay. Look, um, Pauline, it's been terrific speaking with you, and I and I, I absolutely know that we've just scratched the surface. <laughs> um, I do get that, but um, so your book again is the way of the spiritual entrepreneur: the seven secrets to becoming fearless, stress-free and unshakable in business and in life. I'm sure we can buy it online and in all good bookshops. Is there anywhere else particular that we should go to find out more of the work that you do?
2: Um, Robert, may I uh, offer two things? Um, mm-hmm. Yes, there are in bookstores. Um, if you purchase it from my website, paulenguin.com.au forward slash book, it would be my joy to personalise and sign it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do, um, especially with something that you're um, – solo entrepreneurs and solo business people uh, I, I, I have a regular event they're called the spiritual entrepreneur roundtable
1: we can find uh, details of these events again on your website which is paulinewin.com.au
2: absolutely
1: okay absolutely. perfect and the spelling of your surname this is pauline and then it's n-g-u-y-e-n paulinewin.com.au yes. pauline thank you so much for spending time with the flying solo community today
2: It has been my absolute joy. Good luck to everyone.
1: Thank you. And look, before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly enjoyable and prosperous business, Flying Solo gets you. Premium Membership has all the tips and tools you'll need for just $99. Head to the join page to learn more.
0: And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.